Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. I like Chael gave us permission to stand in the tent. Yeah. And Apologies if I'm cut off from the top sweetheart. of my head. That's a tall guy thing. Yep. So <laughs> maybe on the video, they're just going to see that, which is all of our family pictures. OK. Hi, sweetheart. Got to love having kiddos in the in the audience. OK. So, yes, let's talk about our stones, which is just an uh, incredible metaphor. Um, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. as kind of our it's kind of our our rock for today. Oh, and I didn't mean for that pun to happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of our base for what we're going to talk about today. It's funny. Sometimes you think about your story and things that God has done. And it's OK that you f don't first like find something in the word and then go, oh, that's what God has done. Sometimes you just kind of process things that God is doing. Then you're like, wait, that's like a promise you gave in your word you did that thing right it's like this backwards way we find out that god really does what he says he's going to do and so in chapter 11 i'm used to having the britney spears mic <laughs> verse 28 it says come to me jesus is saying this come to me all who are weary hold that for me babe thank you all who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we probably already uh, all heard that um, once or twice, maybe. It's a really popular verse. And we, we focus a lot on these things that, that Jesus is going to do. He's going to make things light and he's going to make it easy. He's going to take our burden and he's, gonna, he's going to shift things for us. Um, but the thing that really sticks out to us um, and has stuck out in the last few months is that first part, come to me come to me. It's what he asks us to do. Um, so we both kind of learned to come to him this last year in a different way. Um, and I think in, in a bit of a more solid way than we have in the past, yeah. um, especially, especially together. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my reaction to quarantine, okay, when it first started. So some of us are like, our kid, this was my, my reality. So the kids come home from school right after I read an email that's like, hey, this is happening. Your kids might not go back to school. And they come in and they're confused and everybody's like freaking out. What's going to go on? And all I can do is like be incredibly excited, <laughs> which seems counter like intuitive. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody else experienced, but I was so pumped. OK, all I could think about was like, oh, man, first of all, I love drama. OK, I don't care if it's a tornado drill or a thunder and lightning storm or change. I just love change. Yeah. I love it when things are just like, I don't know, completely shifted. Ask me that like two months in the shifting, but I just love the initial, like everything is being shook up and changed. So I'm like, Oh, everything's going to be different. Our kids are going to be like in the house the whole time. And it's gonna be, what a wonderful time for us to like bond and have this incredible fam familial intimacy, just like grow. And I am so pumped. I'm thinking of all the things we're going to do how I'm gonna like organize their schooling. I immediately was like, where are all the binders? I'll need binders. I don't know why I thought I needed so many binders. I'm not even like that organized of a person, but I love the idea of like all of these things that we were gonna do. And I really got excited about like, oh my gosh, we're forget everything else. We have no other commitments. We'll like really dig into our neighborhood and we're gonna, and I had this like growing compassion for like our town and taking care of people. And so I was so excited about this opportunity to just do nothing but like these things that I wanted to do. Um, 
Now, in the middle of that, I'm kind of, uh, there's like a lot of eyes, right? So I'm like, I can handle this. I'm going to do these amazing things. I'm going to like ace this thing. <laughs> okay, I was very excited about that. Um, and I really felt like I was going to make it really awesome. I mean, I know the Sunday school answer is Jesus makes things awesome, but I'm pretty sure doing things my way is like, I mean, they're going to be awesome. If you ask me, that's what my like, you know, flesh says. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazing at everything. And I'm probably better at everything <laughs> than anybody else would be. Yeah. That's fine. I'm always right. That's kind of, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. God has proved me wrong enough times that I know that's not really true. So anyway, that was like my beginning of quarantine. Yep. I was happy yes. and excited yes. and had a lot of dreams. What was it like for And you? for me, like I'll get into quarantine, but kind of give you a little before quarantine. Um, as many of you know, like the very first month of 2020, um, I had lost my mom just out of nowhere, uh, just literally out of, my dad called me one day and just said, hey, your mom stopped breathing, she's in the hospital. And that was basically the last I had heard of anything about that. So that's how my 2020 started off with just a really big loss. And so the really kind of crazy part is that once quarantine kind of hit, I obviously wanted to be like with family, like just family all the time. If I could have moved to Michigan, I probably would have made the choice right then and there to be like, I want to be with everybody that's close to me. But, you know, I thought that was a possibility. But then obviously when quarantine hit, I was like, okay, that's not an option anymore. Can't go and be with family. But God has given me the opportunity to be here with my core family. And I was really excited, kind of like Katie just shared, which was, again, very flip of what I know most people have had with the quarantine but for me I was like great I'm going to be working from home I never have had this option before I get to see the kids like go through school and everything and I think we even went as far to where my work desk was amongst where the girls were sitting oh, doing yeah. their school and that made it a lot of fun so this was my idea <laughs> yes side note I thought that it would be best if we were all doing school and work in the same room and so I brought Rob's desk into the same room as all of us doing school and he was like on calls all day long while I'm like trying to teach and I have no idea why I thought this was going to be like the answer to everything like this was the way we were going to be like just go deep together yeah and it lasted like a week and yeah. we were like you got to get away from here <laughs> yeah no for sure but the big thing was like we didn't realize it until after we kind of talked this out that we kind of started off quarantine well and I say that with a question mark because it felt <laughs> like it shouldn't have been, but we really were in a place where we were like, no, God, you we're doing this for a reason. Yeah. So that's kind of where we were at. Yeah, I was feeling really good, really good at first. I think you know where this is going, okay? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was I was handling like the organizing and of everybody and the managing of the house and the we were having like really good conversations with the girls. It was really good. I felt like. I also felt like this was the time that the girls were really gonna like dig into a great relationship with Jesus. And I was really excited for that. And just like, the, you know, you, ha you control, you have, you're the only one having conversations with them, right? So it's great. And so I'm, I get to control all the conversations they're having. It's amazing. And then we did start to have good conversations and I felt like God was giving me vision for like all of these expectations I have. So I had these excited, exciting plans and I felt like God did lay some things on my heart that was like, okay, you, so you agree, God, like these things would be awesome great so you're on board so do things the way that i think you should do them yeah yeah no totally to and God. that's kind of how i was too of knowing like you know obviously going into losing my mom i knew that god didn't take my mom away and like i told you it happened so abruptly like i know that was nothing but the enemy that had like that in mind 
So for me, I was like, okay, God, like the quarantine, I'm not going to let this hold me down. I'm with my family. I'm in a really great place. And obviously with all that, my routine had gone completely 180. Like I was busy, obviously commuting to and from work, trying to come back home, have dinner with the family, and then basically just going to bed after that. Like it was just a nonstop routine of just the same thing. But the fact that I had more downtime really let me and allowed myself to lean into God more. There was plenty of time for me to have more like one-on-one -on -one worship time, um, really spending a lot more time praying, uh, really reading my Bible. To be honest with you guys, I wasn't a big fan of reading my Bible all my life in church. And all of a sudden this was one of those things where God's like, hey, pick this up more. Like, let's, let's do this. And there was a ton of things revealed to me. And then also the other part was just in the prayer time, there was also many instances where he was able to speak to me. Um, and I could hear him much clearer, uh, which was not ever a big thing for me. So just that kind of growth and depth in the intimacy and just leaning in um, really allowed for that during this time of season. Yeah. yeah. So we're like acing quarantine at this point. <laughs> yeah. We were so good at it. Um, and then things kind of started going a different direction. So our kids, of course, are with us all the time and with each other. And what happened, kids? Did we argue and fight? Yes, we did. So <laughs> much. For being honest. And it's fine. And we <laughs> and that's okay. No shame there. Right. Um, but we Yeah, yeah. We we loved each other. We did not like each other at times very much. I think you can understand that. And so they were just having a hard time. They were asking some incredible questions, but some really hard questions about faith. So if I were being really honest, I would just love for my kids to just like wake up and be these unicorn of believers and they're like I am I have given my soul and life to Jesus completely and I have no questions zero doubts I'm in it until the day that I meet him okay like just 100 percent but that's obviously not hasn't been any of our journeys I'm sure so why would I expect that to be our kiddos and they're just asking really great great questions like what does this mean and why do we believe this and really like deep things and so I'm kind of getting frustrated like this isn't as easy as I wanted it to be um, and I had a lot of in my other expectations just a lot of roadblocks and feelings of failure and like I had all these big ideas and like nothing worked out and I was like wait am I like not good at all the things that I thought I'm good at which is my story I assume <laughs> I'm going to be good at everything <laughs> and then I tried I'm like this is not what I thought it was going to be I'm really bad at doing xyz um, and it was harder for Rob and I to connect in that time. It's funny how the more time we spent together, the harder it was for us to like connect. Yeah. And I just want to sure. normalize, if your marriage wasn't like a cakewalk this last year, that's okay. Yeah. Right? Anybody else? Just, it was hard. Yeah. It's very, it was a very hard year on marriage and that's okay. Let's normalize struggling, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the church. It's okay. Um, and that was hard for us. It was hard to connect and hard to communicate. Yeah, and so coming out of like, obviously the school year, transitioning back into another school year and then hitting winter, um, this last winter was really a hard time for me because like I said, I leaned into God so much that really getting more in tune of who I am to him and just really tender with the spirit and everything really brought me into like, I, I can literally say it's probably the darkest time I've had um, personally. And it was just really hard because in the winter, obviously I told you I lost my mom. Uh, but for those of you that don't know, I actually lost another mom back when I was seven from a car accident as well. So the fact of having like just that much loss tied around all of this is what really brought the grief back. And I didn't realize until again, talking with Katie about this, that this was like a year of just going through grief for me. Um, and it was just really tough because through all of that, like my emotions just 
went haywire to where internally I didn't know what I was feeling and I literally just felt like I was completely lost and just kind of like God why why did this happen why has this happened again will I make it to be past whatever age my moms have been will I be able to be there for my girls will Katie be taken away from me before this time and they lose a month like what does this look like um, so a lot of just darkness with all of that but then the thing that kind of came to my mind um, after we had talked through this and been able to share it all with Katie for what we were going to talk about the a picture of a well came to me um, from God that literally my old self pictured me obviously deep in a well way dark by myself and Jesus is just up there like hey I'm I'm up here I'm waiting for you you know you'll be good when it happens but the new me Jesus dove down into that well with me and took every step of the way with me. I, and I don't know how else to explain it to you. I could probably give more detail um, past this microphone. Um, so feel free to ask me. But there was just such a weird thing of thinking like that he was down there in the midst of all that darkness, just like, hey, I've got you through this. And every time I prayed, he was always giving me something of affirmation or encouragement. And even during that time, I had a couple of moments that kind of highlighted to me like, uh, John Culpepper and I went out uh, Christmas shopping for all of our kiddos because we couldn't leave the house any other way to do that. And then we ate like noodles and company on the back of my car because we couldn't eat in a restaurant. So like just those little moments like that was just really a glimmer of hope. And then I also shared a good piece of like chocolate cake with Rob one night <laughs> over a cup of whiskey and just really good conversation. So God used other people too to show me himself, which was just something that I never really took much stock in, but that was a time when I really needed to notice that and God was working in those ways. Yeah, I feel like the the main point is like we were, I mean, when everything was feeling good, it was really easy to like come to Jesus. It was really easy to like crack open that Bible. It was really easy to worship. Even when we were in our house, you know, and it was like awkward, like we're just with the screen, like, yeah, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a hurdle, but you do it. Right. And it's and it's okay because it's, and when everything's okay and then things start to get hard and we realize like, man, those moments that we spent with Jesus in the heart in the good times really carried us through, really carried us through that dark stuff and really carried us through the failure and the disappointment and the grief. Um, and it was really just a, a testament, not only to the fact that Jesus wants to see us in it right when we're in the darkness. But we build these kind of like, um, we build these altars of faith, right? When things are even good so that we can look back and go, man, we're, I'm going to be okay because God keeps taking care of me. God was with me and I know that he's with me now even if I'm not feeling it. Um, so I, we just felt like God kept saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. Just depend on me every day. I got to the point in the midst of all of that like, all of my dreams weren't happening. All of my expectations weren't happening. And I like to look really far in the future and go, this is what I want. This is what I want it to look like. And God was like, I just need you to want me today. So I was just like, just today, just like help me not to yell at my kids today. Just help Rob and I connect today. Like maybe help give us the grace we need for today. That's all I, need. That's all I could ask for. Mm -hmm. That's all I had the energy really to ask for. Um, and so something we really... Um, really experienced in that dark time was that God really did give us that lightness and he really did give us that rest yeah. 
And I think it was, again, it wasn't a going around it. It was a going through it. We were trying to talk about when all that grief and disappointment kind of like seeped away. And we were like, I don't know. Like yeah. there wasn't like a moment where we're like, and now we step out of the darkness and mm. Jesus is like, no, it just like lifted gradually. I think we can probably all kind of relate a little more to that sometimes of like, yeah, it just lifts gradually. And then we realize like, okay, I'm actually, I'm actually carrying this faith a little deeper than I thought I was because I, it, I didn't take some big visitation from Jesus face to face to know like he's with me and we're going to walk through this together. You know what I mean? That'd be amazing. I'm still waiting for it, right? <laughs> but until then, I'll stick with his promises that he's going to, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Um, so we just wanted to kind of leave you. Again, we've been doing this stones thing and I think, you know, we don't need to do anything else than that. Processing what God has done for you this last year is going to be so helpful to you. Like, even us sitting, sitting down and processing some of this stuff, we were like, what did we experience, mm -hmm. right? Do you guys feel like that? I mean, we're asking, like, what's the stone, right? What has God done? And is anybody like, I don't, I mean, I think, like, he's done some stuff because we sometimes have to, like, sit in it and process it and tell the story to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of time, like, sitting on our bed being like, uh, let's, I'm going to tell you the story of what I was doing when mm. this year you know what i mean and we told each other our stories even though we were living them together and help us really process so i really encourage you to kind of tell your story to yourself and to your family to kind of see what god was doing this year right because sometimes we can't do that internally we have to look outside ourselves to really be able to do that so what how did god carry you through this year what did he bring you through this year and then i think the second thing we really want to leave you with is what how how do is it God asking you to come to him we get really really excited and spend a lot of time trying to figure out what it looks like to walk with a light burden and an easy yoke we want to know what it's like on the other side we want to know what it's like when Jesus comes and saves us and then we feel better and everything's better right so it's like God show me show me what it's gonna look like do the thing Help me feel better. Help me see the light. Help me get my head above water. And we want that. But that's actually not our job to figure out. Mm -hmm. Our job is to come to him. Mm -hmm. That's the only job you have. That's not my job to figure out. Ours. Nope. It's not Chael's job to tell you. <laughs> it's not any, anybody's job to figure out what it's going to look like for you and how God is going to manifest that light burden, that easy yoke for you. Mm -hmm. Our job is to come to him. And when we think about it that way, it's just really simple. Okay. Hey. Yeah, it's okay. This is how we double team, right? They always come to him because he says yes to whatever it is she's asking. Uh, <laughs> and so I really, I really do encourage you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about how God's going to lighten your load. Okay? Just for now. I want you to think about how he's asking you to come to him. And you're going to see it. Right? I know there's a lot of people here who said, yep, I've seen it, right? It's a promise. This is a promise to you. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will lighten your load. Come to me and it will be different, but we just have to come to him. So what, how are you going to do that? Does it, is the way you come to him just in prayer? Is it in alone time? Is it in listening? Is it in reading the word? Have you tried a different way? Sometimes we need to try a different way. 
right? Sometimes we get, sometimes I get so excited about like, I don't know, theological books or like interesting things that I'm not just like doing a, a nice devotional, right? Those are nice sometimes, guys. You know, the Bible app or something, they got some good stuff on there. Watching a Bible project video gets me excited about the word every time. I'm like, this is incredibly interesting. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but it gets me excited. It, are you trying other ways to come to him, to just move your focus onto him, to switch your gaze to him, right? And if you do that, I promise you, I promise you. I know sometimes we're not supposed to make guarantees in life. That's a very bad business strategy, but I'm not a businesswoman. So here you go. I promise you, I promise you, Jesus will show up if you turn your gaze to him. Yeah. I promise. Promise. 100%. Might take some time. It was a long winter. It was. It was a yeah. long winter. And, and God felt really far a lot of the time. But we knew. We knew that he was close. And we knew the truth of what he was doing. And now we're like, yeah. He was with us that whole time and he brought us out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just the truth. So there you have it. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. As Katie and Rob were sharing, it just was reminding me that part of what we're doing as we walk with the Lord, I've, I've had this phrase recently, this walking with God has been on my mind a lot. We often think about our relationship with God as an event, you know, that something we do when we come here or something that we started back then or, or we, we, kind of, uh, we, we kind of localize it in our prayer time or when we read our Bible and all those things are part of it. But, but if we're going to look back over the course of our life, what we're going to see is a lifetime hopefully spent walking with the Lord. And as you're walking with the Lord through the ups and downs, through, the, through the, the formal times of prayer or reading your Bible or through the informal times just hanging out in your living room, through the fights or through the celebrations as a family, you're building history with God. And that phrase, I think, is so critically important because it's not just about what we receive in the moment. It's not just about what we get in the moment. It's about the history that we're building with God over time. We don't want to just be people who have an experience in a moment. We want to be the kind of people who look back on the, over the course of our life and say, I have learned some lessons about life. I have gained wisdom from walking with the Lord through the circumstances of life. That's what we're going after. Not, not just a feeling that we get when we worship, not just a, just a sense of refreshing when we read our Bible or listen to our favorite worship song. All that's fine, all that's good, but all of it is a part of building this history that we have with God while we're here on earth that will last into eternity. That, that starts here and goes on forever and ever if we know Jesus, if we choose to walk in his ways. So I want to encourage you to kind of follow Katie and Rob's prompt there. If you haven't had a chance to look back over the last year and look at what the lessons that you've learned, look for the ways that God was present. If you haven't had a conversation with your spouse or with the people that you live with or with a close friend that you know, I'm telling you, you're missing out on something. And I'll say this that sometimes it, it's, it's required to have a conversation with someone else because we can't always see it ourselves. 
We can't always see in our own mind just what, is, what God has done. Sometimes we need conversation with people who know us to draw that stuff out. As Jen and I were preparing our first week to share this and sharing about our experiences, we lived in the same house. We lived through the same experiences, but God did very different kinds of things. You heard that from Mark and Trish. You heard that from Rob and Meg and now from Rob and Katie. Like, so, so we need to share these stories with one another to have a handle on what it is that God taught me because we don't want to be wasteful of this wilderness that we've just walked through. We want to we want to look and see God, what were you doing in it? And sometimes the thing that God was doing in it is some mountaintop experience where we went from a pit all the way to the mountaintop. Sometimes it's just that God sustained us through something. Yeah, it was hard. It was difficult. It never felt like we ever hit a peak. It just felt like, and that was for, for our family walking through the last year. It never felt like we had this crescendo where it was all great. <laughs> Actually, it kept like we just put one foot in front of the other, and God kept meeting us as we did it, and he sustained us through it. So don't compare your story to someone else's, but look into your story because you built history with God over this last year. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. God was cultivating something in you that we need for the future. So lessons that we need, not just to pass on to generations, but that you need. Because one day, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, you're going to look back at what this last year has happened, what's happened in this last year, and you're going to remember what God did. But name it now. Figure out what it is right now. And the last thing I would want to say is this. You know, Katie's giving us this um, invitation to come and to consciously come to Jesus. That's the invitation from Jesus. Come to me and I will give you rest. All we have to do is come. However, our posture matters. Our posture matters. Jesus throws out this wide invitation to people to come, but consistently talks how we have to enter into the kingdom of God with a childlikeness. We have to enter into the kingdom of God with a humility. We can't come to Jesus assuming we have the answers because like in Katie and Rob's story, when you do that, you find out you don't, right? Like if you don't come to the Lord humble, he will humble you. I'm going to say it again. If you don't come to the Lord humble, he will humble you. That's good news because you get to experience what kind of father he is as you embrace the childlikeness of who you are. God has good things for us when we enter into the kingdom of God, when we come to him like a child saying, you have the answers, I don't. You have what I need, I don't. There are certain parts of us, church, I think that we're going to lean into this in the coming months, where Jesus also talks about how we have to die to ourselves. We have to take up our cross to come and follow him. We can't follow him and hold on to all of the stuff that we want We have to enter in saying, Jesus, it's all yours. And sometimes we're really conscious of that. Right away, we know the stuff that we have to let go of if we're going to go and follow Jesus. Sometimes we don't know it. Sometimes, I'll tell you in my life, Jesus is continually showing me, Chael, you're holding on to this thing right here. And if you just trust me with this, it'll be so much better. It's not because he's being mean. It's not because he's frustrated with me because he knows better than I do what I need. And he knows better than you do what you need. And so if you're going to enter into this journey of coming to him, I want to encourage you to be prepared to enter into this with humility. Be be prepared to enter into this saying, I don't have the answers. My preferences don't matter. What I thought I knew, I don't know. Jesus, you know. 
what I need. And I'm telling you, if you will adopt that posture of coming to Jesus in humility, coming to him like a child, coming him to say, like Meg and Rob talked about last week, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. When we come to him with that kind of desperation, Jesus is really, really faithful to meet us. When you read the stories of the Gospels, you'll see person after person that come to Jesus saying, you have what I need. You're the only person who can do this thing for me. When we enter into that relationship with Jesus, he just loves to bless his people. So how about we cultivate a posture of coming to Jesus in humility? Coming to him saying, I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know the answers, but I know that you know. And then just watch him show up in your life. Watch him teach you a different way of living because that promise, a yoke that's easy and a burden is light, that's a promise for me and for you. I don't know about you, but that sounds really good. Hello? Yeah? I, I, I like to think that it's up to me to figure that stuff out. It's not. It's up to me to come to Jesus like Rob and Katie were saying. I know that he wants us to walk through this life with a lightness in our step. That even when we're going through heavy situations, it can feel light because he's teaching us how to carry it. By the way, this is the person who went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. This is the one who was a man acquainted with sorrows, the scripture says. This is the one who literally bleds tears. I mean, this is the one who says, I'm going to teach you if you come to me how to go through this life with a lightness if you'll just come to me. And so I want you right now just to take a second before we end. And I want you to just resolve in your heart, however you feel appropriate, to come to Jesus right now. To come to Jesus right now. To look to him as your source of life. To choose to learn from him how it is that he wants you to live. As a matter of fact, I, I, I think there's somebody in the, in the parking lot right now who has never come to Jesus for, and said, Jesus, I want to follow you and I trust you with my life. And so if that's you right now, I just want to encourage you right now to say, Jesus, I don't have all the answers, but I know that you do. I know that I am lost in my sin, but I am found in your forgiveness. So please forgive me and please accept me into your kingdom. Just pray a prayer like that right now. You don't have to have the words just right. It's a matter of your heart being offered to him in this moment in time right now. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I encourage you to do it right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Eternity's at stake. Heaven or hell is at stake. Don't wait. Don't push it off down the road. Make that decision right now to give your life to Jesus. It will be the best decision you will ever make in your life. I want to encourage some of you to think back to when you were a child and you had the innocence of faith. You had the innocence of knowing God without all of the complications when you knew that God loved you and you knew it that you knew it that you knew it because I believe that God wants to restore that back to you. Restore that innocence back to you. The innocence, knowing God's love again.
a matter of fact, I feel the Lord, hear the Lord saying, you are making my love complicated. You are making my love complicated. God, reveal yourself as a God who loves. God, your, your, your love is infinite and beyond anything I can comprehend, Lord, but we receive it like a child. So I pray right now for the posture of humility, the posture of receiving your love like a child right now. Holy Spirit, bring repentance right now. Bring repentance right now. Among hearts who have been hardened against your love, who have been hardened by things of life, who have been hardened by their sin, bring repentance right now. May the kindness of the Lord bring about repentance in this parking lot right now and online. Bring conviction right now. Right now, reveal truth in Jesus' name. Reveal truth to those who might be believing lies, who are here or watching online right now about who you are, God. Reveal, reveal it. Do your work, Lord. Do your work, Lord. I want to encourage you that if you are feeling like you're struggling in any area of life right now, whether it's your marriage, whether it's um, some, some questions that you have about who God is, I, I'm going to encourage you to seek out a godly person in this church. Maybe it's, it's one of our leaders or our elders. Maybe it's just someone you know that has a walk with the Lord. I just believe that if in this moment right now, if you are willing to ask for help from someone, that God is about to meet you in that place. There are a number of times in the Gospels where Jesus is about to give someone some miracle and then he asks them to do something before the thing actually happens. So I just want to encourage you, you don't have to do it right now, but this week, if there's an area of your life where you're struggling in, I want you to seek some person for godly counsel from this church and say, hey, would you help me sort this out? Would you pray for me? Would you help me think this through? And I think that that act of humility, God is going to honor in your life and you're going to see some freedom and some breakthrough. Holy Spirit, I just want to confess right now before you that I believe that you can do this. I believe that chains can be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe that generations can be changed in the mighty name of Jesus, that there is power in the name of Jesus to break off chains, to break off lies, to set freedom where there was where there was bondage in Jesus name I confess and I believe it before you as the man of God in this house I believe it and I release it over our house right now break every chain break every bondage break every lie in Jesus name blow mighty wind of the Holy Spirit come come and blow 
Set us free. Set us free of everything, God. Everything that that doesn't acknowledge you in our hearts and our minds. Set us free now in the name of Jesus. I confess before you, Lord, that you are King, that you are Lord, that you are God, and there is no other. There is no one beside you. There is no one like you. So have your way in this place. I invite the glory of the Lord. I invite the glory of the Lord to come and invade our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I invite the glory of the Lord to set yourself on this house right now. Come, come, glorious God. Come, glorious God, and do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. We build an altar here before you, God. We say, fire fall. Fire fall on this altar. We, God, let us be your people gathered before you. God, cut to the heart by your your truth and by your ways, God, everlasting to everlasting. Come, God. Come, don't let us be unmoved. You are the most moved mover. Prepare your hearts, church. God's about to do something new among us. Prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts for something new. Prepare your hearts for renewal. Prepare your hearts for a spiritual awakening. Prepare your hearts for intimacy with God. Prepare your hearts for financial blessing. Prepare your hearts for healing. Prepare your hearts for evangelism. Prepare yourself for knowledge of the word of God that you've always longed for to come and invade your heart. Prepare your hearts right now, church. Get ready. God is coming. He's coming. This isn't like a prophetic end times thing. This is saying this is God's heart and his desire. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in fusion church as it is in heaven. It's what he wants. It's his heart. It's his desire. It's not me. It's not pastor hype. It's not because I have a mic. It's because I know Jesus and I know what Jesus wants to do. So prepare your hearts. Get ready for it. Ready your house. Jesus is about to visit.